Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hand. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. Each day on the I Work For Him program, we try to challenge the way you think about how your faith is related to your workplace. And today, today we're taking a different twist. I've had public school teachers on the show today, or on the show before, but I've never had somebody that moved over, that morphed from the public school system over to the private Christian school system. And we have the privilege today to have Walt Weller with us. He's the superintendent of Indian Rocks Christian School, a K-2 through senior highs k2 through 12 school out in largo florida with almost 900 students and walt is joining us today to just kind of talk about how god moved him from one place to another walt weller welcome welcome to the i work for him program thank you for having me you know i know you said this is the first time you've been on radio but it's just a conversation between you and me and a couple thousand people that's that's nerve-wracking but exciting. <laughs> yeah, the good the good news is that this is just all just a share from your heart and I'm really excited for people to hear about the move that you made several years ago and the impact it's made on your life and on the lives of others. But I had a verse of scripture I want to read today from 2 Timothy 3:16 because you talk about in the private school system Indian Rocks is an, is an open school campus where you don't expect people to be Christ followers to enroll in the school, but you do infuse scripture and a biblical worldview into all of your subjects. So the kids, when they graduate, there's no way they don't know the truth about Christ. 
And so 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So, Walt, as we start the show today, I'm just grateful that you were willing to be here today. We've spent, you know, when we first met, you were thinking about making this big move from the public school world to the private school world, and I knew that it would be a big paradigm shift for you. But before we get to that, I really want to hear, how is Christ making an impact on your life today? Well, it's exciting that, to, that you started out with the Romans 12, too, because it talks about being transformed. In this past year, two years now, I've been at Indian Rocks. It's been a, a necessity for me to transform. It's been a necessity for me to think different because... It, it, we do need to transform the way we think to be more Christ-like. And I, this past year, I went from being a dad of having a child in college, a child in high school, a child in middle school, and a child in elementary school, to having two kids in college, two kids in middle school. And to think about what my two boys in college are going through, and then what I need to prepare my two children that are in middle school so that when they go out, they're not part of that collection of people that we hear about. The, the, they leave their faith when they go to college. And it's, it's become a, a, a very important concept for me that my kids really have a heart knowledge rather than a head knowledge of what the, what the Bible is to teach and what the spirit does. And so it's, it's become really important to me, the whole concept of transforming your mind. So that my kids, myself, my family really em- just embrace that concept. Well, and it's so powerful that, you know, we only get so much time with our kids. And when we release them, really sometime in that 16, 17 year old age, when we really have, we're, we're done with our influence on them. We can only just help remind them what the rules and regulations are as long as they're part of our household. But we're done influencing them. The world is, they're, they're now opening up their mind to three dimensional thinking. And they're opening up their mind to what's the world have to offer. You know, you've got so much time to just infuse a biblical worldview into them, and then they've, they've got to go out and make it their own faith. And, and now, are you two oldest at public school, uh, public colleges? I have one that's at St. Pete College. He's, he's finishing up there, and he'll be going to USF starting in January. And I have my uh, other son that just recently graduated from Indian Rocks is going to be going to NIAC, where he'll be running uh, cross-country and getting a degree in biology. Wow. Okay, so that's very cool. I don't know anything about NIAC, except I've heard of it. It's and not in Florida, is it? No, it's a it's a Christian college <laughs> okay. in New York. It's New and, York. Okay, that's I was thinking it was in New York. Okay. And it's, we're excited because his decision was originally, at one point, was to go to Clearwater Christian College, but then it changed to go to um, Christian College in New York because he has a good friend that runs cross-country there. His sisters uh, went to school there and graduated, and, and his, his desire was to stay in a Christian school as he went into college. He he just he he really flourished in that environment and became it just really saw parts of him come out that were were just tremendous for us. And how cool would it be he'll get a biology degree with a biblical worldview? It, that's that's be powerful. Absolutely. Now Nyack is that upstate New York? It's off the Hudson River, so it's not. So it's it's down. But so it's they'll near run, West Point. I know that they'll do uh, running in the snow when they get it, but not very often. Upstate New York, they would do cross country running in the snow because I know that's what we did in Minnesota too. So Noah, you're, he's your oldest, right? Noah's that's your oldest. Correct. All right, he was supposed to be on the show with us today, so I hope he's listening because I'm gonna I'm gonna hassle him right now. He's supposed to be here. Didn't understand that I really was serious. He's looking for a job. He really wants to get a get a job working part time in what he's being trained in in college. What's he getting? What's he going to school for? He's studying to be an accountant. Okay. And he wants to go in the the route of his 
his brother, my brother-in-law and my brother are both accountants. And so his, his desire is to go into the field of business, into the field of accounting. And he's, he's finishing up, like I said, this semester, fall semester will be his final semester. And then he'll start at USF in the, um, in the January semester. So your brother and brother-in-law, do they have a CPA practice here in uh, uh, Tampa Bay? My one brother, my brother-in-law just recently retired. He was working for an association here. He is a, just a regular accountant. My other brother, Ronnie, he's in a, he's an accountant, but he doesn't practice. He uh, works for Johnson Controls, and he does something to do with uh, production. <laughs> I have no idea what he does, and if he told me, he'd have to kill me because he works for Johnson Controls. Got it. Okay. All right. So, like I said before, when I first met you, uh, and by the way, on the Noah thing, if anybody's looking for an, uh, an ambitious young man to learn about the CPA practice, learn about bookkeeping, accounting, and eventually become a CPA, give me a holler. Just send me an email, jim at iworkforhim.com, and I've got Noah's resume. I can send it on to you, jim at iwork, the number four, him.com. All right. When I first met you, you were, you were principal of Seminole High School. Uh, you'd been there for, you'd been at Seminole High School for a long time. Yes. Like, how there. many years? I had been there. I'd finished my seventh year when I retired. When you, when you, when you quote unquote, retired, when you retired from the public school system to move into the private school system. That's correct. And it was a big decision because you were like a year away from really, you were 24 years out of 25? 26 out of 30. 26 out of 30. I knew it was something very, very close. You were trying to make this decision. Okay, do I want to do this paradigm shift from working the public schools to going into a private Christian-based environment? What was the biggest thing that you had to deal with when you were considering that? What what moved you from public schools to private school? Because you were making a big impact at Seminole. Everybody knew about the principal at Seminole High School. Uh, that's 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 nice for you to say. A lot of people. Well, I didn't say they were all saying good things. No, okay. I'm just kidding. No, they had, you had a very solid reputation in the community. People knew where you stood, and they knew that even if they didn't know you were a Christ follower, they knew that hey, the guy running running Seminole High School, he is serious about making sure those kids are not screwing around. They are actually doing a very good job. And I appreciate that. And that, that that's always been just a, a system I believe in, in that I've always believed that you work for God. You, the boss. Can be a guy up at the up at the county office. Can be a person who's signing my check. Bottom line is, I'm not working for them. I'm working for God, and so therefore, you're going to get my best because I'm working for Him, and that's going to be my example. In fact, I work for Him, and we all work for Him. It makes and, a great name for a radio program. I I can't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're you're there. You're contemplating this. You'd have all these years of loyalty. Twenty six years in the public school system. Was it all in Pinellas County Schools? All in Pinellas County Schools. So you even say right because uh, if, if you're from here, you call it Pinellas County instead of those of us that come here, we just call it Pinellas County. Okay, so th- was that a tough? W- that was a big shift for you. It was. It was. I have to say, one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make. I I remember going home and would sit with my my wife and and I would say to her and after talking to a lot of different folks you're giving up too much to make this decision and I just remember praying about it having my in in my devotions I remember coming across a component of dealing with with Moses was not want to say arguing with God but basically was telling God I'm not the man for you to do this send so well, he was I, arguing with God and, and he, he was and I said you know I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be the guy that says to God I'm not going to be the the person that you want me to be to do the place you be in the place you want me to be no matter what happens because I'm thinking Jonah and the whale Moses running around in the wilderness for 40 years I, I don't want that. So, God, I'm going to listen to you despite what things have to happen. I'm going to do what you want me to do, be where you want me to be. 
And it was amazing how things just kind of fell into place. Initially, I was told, okay, you're not going to get any of your retirement. And then things started happening, and I was able to basically defer it. And it basically came out that, okay, as long as I continue to work until I'm 62, it's all good. And I never intended not to work. That's just, I love education. I love being in the business of education. And it was just now a matter of going from being in the public sphere to the private sphere. You know, as part of, I had the privilege of being part of the interview process, and you and I had some very intense conversations because I want to make sure I was asking you the tough questions. And then we brought your wife into the conversation. Karen got to be involved. It's Karen, right? I yes. can remember that right. Okay. I haven't seen her since. We go to a big church, we never see each other. Uh, you know, I, but we brought her in because I, I understand what a pair, it was a big paradigm shift for all of you. Your kids were involved in, in the public school. This was a, this was a big shift. And uh, how, how hard was that on your, on your marriage to making those decisions? Was it a real stretch for you? It, it wasn't so much as the marriage that it was impacted. It was, it was a matter of changing. My wife was excited. I think initially it, it, it was a lot of unknown. But when I was able to bring the kids to school every day, and she knew I would be able to go in and see them in the cafeteria every day, there was a comfort there. And my wife's always been supportive. That's the one thing that, that's always been great about my wife is that no matter what happens, there's always the support that I've always had from her. As a public high school principal, there's a lot of people who don't like the decisions you make. And when you come home, you have to have support. And she's always been there for that support. And she was one of the ones that when we would sit through it and go through it and say, okay, here's the negatives, here's the positives. She said, what's God want? What does God want you to do? And then it kind of throws that worldly wisdom out. And you have to go back to say, okay, this may not make sense as a physical here now, but where are my kids going to be? Where will I be? Where and what will happen with me? If I make the wrong choice and I just remember talking to the pastor of the church and he said, you'll know in your heart what the right choice is, what what the right choice is. And when you know that peace, that comfort, then, you know, that's the decision you need to make. So it's it's been a couple years. You've had two full school years now. Finished two full school years this this year. You going back next year? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So no regrets. Well, there's been a few days that there's been some regrets, and there's been some days that it's it's been just absolutely marvelous. We, um, you know, you're working for the Lord. Unfortunately, like I've heard so many people say, you're dealing with people. (laughs) So you're saying, even though you went from the public school system to the private quote-unquote Christian school system, you still have problems with people? You always have problems with people. I was going to ask you because you you said that uh, you said... uh, it's something you said just a few minutes ago. It made me think, okay, but you're dealing with people. It really probably hasn't... Well, you said you sometimes make decisions in a public school where people weren't happy with your decisions. Mm-hmm. That that hasn't happened in the private school system, has oh, it? That ha- or has it happened more? Well, I'm not going to say it happens more, um, but it's happened. And, and, and it's people... And we have to remember, people are always doing what they think is best for them, best best for their children. And we have rules and regulations and policies and procedures for a reason, and it's to help the largest number of people. And we have to basically run the school. It has to be organized. And so we have a, a process that we have to, and a, a system that we have to follow. Do you find that you, you feel the parents are more involved, were they more involved in the public school or more involved in the private school? I was fortunate. I was at uh, the, the, the years I spent, I, I worked at... At schools where the kids were involved, I was fortunate in that. At some high school, I had a lot of parents who were involved. That's what separates a, that particular high school from a lot of high schools that maybe don't achieve as well. At Indian Rocks, we have a, uh, a tremendous support 
from families. Tremendous support. And, and when you look at it, when, when a parent's paying tuition, they're going to be there. Yeah, we pay our taxes and we had to pay the tuition. Exactly. So, yeah. And that's, that's a big commitment. And that's a huge commitment. And they have what they, what, like some people like to say, there's a lot of skin in the game. And you have to appreciate that and you have to respect that. And I do. And it's important because they're committing uh, one of the uh, assistant prince or one of our principals of our one of our programs called Veritas Academy at Indian Rocks. He asked questions of teachers. Why should parents put their kids in the school their their two biggest assets, their kids and their money. Why should they basically say that they're going to trust them with you those two those two assets to you? What 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 are you bringing? That's, and those are great questions. All right, today we're talking with Walt Weller. He is the superintendent of Indian Rocks Christian School, and we're talking about his transition a couple of years ago from moving twenty six years in the public school system to moving in to be, and he was a principal when he finished his his career there, to moving over to be a superintendent of a private Christian school, and the dynamic change, the the change in just everything that it impacted he and his family. And that's what we're talking about today. But before we get back to Walt, it's time for our book highlight segment, brought to you, of course, by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Hey, here's the book today we're highlighting. It's not who you know, it's who you are, written by Pat Williams. We live in a culture obsessed with celebrity. When we're not trying to make a name for ourselves, we're trying to, we're following the big names on Twitter, liking them on Facebook, and taking selfies with them, if we're lucky enough to run into them in real life. We love winners, and we want to be winners. But take it from a man who knows more famous people than most of us will ever meet it's not who you know that's important. It's who you are inside. This book is written by Pat Williams. Call right now. I've got one copy, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, we're back live and in studio with Walt Weller, superintendent of Indian Rocks Christian School. Walt, two years ago, you made the big leap from the public school world to the private Christian school world. Was it, I mean, the things that you imagined, what, what did you imagine it was going to be like versus what has it really been like? That's what I want people to hear because a lot of times people have this misconception about, you know, I want to just get a job in a Christian, I just want to get a job in a Christian environment where, where everybody are Christians because that'll just be so much better. But it's, there's still people involved. It's people involved, but I will say working in a Christian environment does have extreme advantages. There's no doubt. There's a common theme. But at the same time, in the public schools, there there were people I worked with who were Christians. Right. And I, that's one thing that I remember hearing on many occasions and many situations and from various pastors is that the, the public schools are all this this evil. And it's it's not it's not that there are Christians in public schools. Super have, duper Christians working hard. Absolutely. And they do a great job and they are, they're, they're setting an example, being a role model for kids. And, um, I, I don't know where, if I would have survived as long as I did in the public school system without the Christians that I came into contact with. And they were some of the, the finest teachers that I ever came across because they cared about kids. Right. They loved those kids. They weren't there just earning a paycheck because they don't earn much of a paycheck for what they do anyway. Certainly not for the hassles that they put up with. They loved those kids and they wanted the best for those kids. And they did. They had to, they had to go through a lot of problems to get to the few. And it's also, it's a, it's a mission field. And that's how I always looked at it when I went into that particular area, when I went into education. I wanted to have an impact on kids' lives. And one of the ways that you can do that is 
being a missionary in the public schools and being able to share that information. You know, one of the things I remember you saying is that you're just you when you were interviewing for this job is I'm not sure I should leave that mission field and go into this protected environment. When you were making this decision and, and as I, I was just I had to be I had part of the privilege of interviewing in this process. I knew that one of the things you said, you said, I, you know, right now I've got a ministry in my public school. And if I leave, I feel like maybe I'm I'm. I'm turning my back on that ministry, that that's a pretty significant place God has given me, a, a sphere of influence in the public school system, in a public school system system that's got, you know, how many kids are in public schools in Pinellas County? Pinellas County for you. There's a lot. Well, like 100,000 plus, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, right. I think the eighth or ninth largest in the United States. Yeah, and there's there's probably 100,000 students and 100,000 staff members. It's, you know, I mean, there's, I know there's a ton of people employed, and you had that opportunity to be a principal of one of the high schools. How many high schools are there? 16. Yeah. So one of 16 people and you were a Christ follower and you said, I just don't know if I should leave that position because I have I have an opportunity there. I had a huge influence over a lot of things and how they're carried out. And it, it, every principal does in any school that they're in. They're the, the leader. They're the educational leader. There's institutional leader. They they dictate a lot of things that are going to happen. And it's it was one of those things that it really I just had always felt that God had led me to that particular position. But then going back and looking at it, God had also led me to a lot of other things through experiences and, and situations where I, I never initially wanted to be a principal. I was an assistant principal. I had, had, had won the position of being the director of athletics for the entire county. And then by the, the, the graces of a superintendent decided that he wanted me to be a, a principal and I didn't want to be a principal. He said, well, you're going to be one. So he set me out there to become one. Um, I, I no longer was an athletic director at that point. And, but those experiences of being an assistant principal for eight years in a, in a school in St. Pete and being director of athletics for the county for three years, been then being principal for seven years, gave me experiences that allowed me to do this job that I have today. And I, I'm thankful for God for that because it, it basically, his planning was perfect timing for me. But you agonized over that. I remember you agonizing over that. How did you eventually come to a resolution on that? The the the, the answer for that question was I remember speaking with uh, Pastor Jeff uh, Parrish, uh, who's the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Rocks, and one of the things that helped me to really make that decision that where it made sense to me, where I was able to really imbibe it and just to take it in, was when he said that we're an evangelical school. Indian Rocks Christian School is not a covenant school, meaning that you don't have to be a Christian to attend the school, and it's it's an outlet school. And, and, and it's a ministry of the church. And because of that, families and kids attend that aren't Christians. And so we know coming in that a kid is not going to necessarily be a Christian. The family not, may not be Christians. However, they're agreeing to enter their child into a school that is definitely and distinctly Christian because they're willing to put their kids in that environment because they know for whatever reason the environment's better, the, 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 it's safer, it's, it's, they're getting a higher um, expectation of learning. They, they put them there and they, ex- they will accept the Christian portion of the education. Yeah, they're making, a, they're making a, a, a cognitive choice to allow their kids to be exposed to the scriptures whether they believe them or not. That's correct. Uh, and, and I had a lot of, when I was teaching that one year, I had a lot of kids exactly in that position and the parents just knew it was a better spot for their kids. And I agree with them. And that, but that piece of knowing that there is a component within the school that allows a child to be evangelized, which allows folks 
to have that exposure to the non-Christian that allows you to have that completeness so that you're not sitting there thinking that you're in a in a perfect bubble where everyone's a Christian and everyone's going to just do kind of the robotic type thing where they're going to be people. They're going to make mistakes. And through the last two years, I've, I've understand, come to understand even better. I, I always knew Christians made mistakes because my wife always let me know. You're making a lot of mistakes. And she's and she is, does, is she listening today? I probably and I'll get in trouble for that when I get home. <laughs> I think that's no, why would you get in trouble? You just it's it's the, the it's truth. The truth that's why is. God gave us fantastic wives to help shape us into more character like him. It, and that's true, but it, it, it's important to know that in the Christian environment you can grow. That you can make a mistake, you can fall down, but then get back up. And you have the support around you to get back up. And if as being models for Christ for these kids, because they, they don't walk around with any kind of, you know, letter stitched on their shirts or something that says, I'm not a Christian. And hopefully that, you know, through the exposure, through the experiences of being in the classes, seeing the things and growing spiritually, the non-Christians see the Christians and then they understand what it's all about. They get to see a firsthand model of what Christianity is supposed to be. I love the way you put that. And I, and I, and I love the fact you're saying, listen, I can still get my character refined even in a, in a Christian environment. And that's true because you're really just surrounded by people. It doesn't matter what the environment is. You just have a more conducive environment for working on your faults as opposed to where you were before. So let's talk about that transition because you led, how many assistant principals did you have at Seminole High School? There were four. Okay. So you went from being a principal with four assistant principals to being a superintendent with four principals. Yes. <laughs> okay. So really six and one, half dozen, the other, you, you still that same level of responsibility in being a manager because really you're a manager and you're manager of a very you didn't have a lot of direct impact before on the bottom line at Seminole High School you didn't have a budget you had to deal with you just had your little piece where at Indian Rock Christian School you're now responsible for the whole operation not only managing the principals but now the operation and I know you get help and I know you have lots of support you're managing people how you deal with management issues. Is it different the way you were able to handle management issues in the public school versus how you can handle them now in a Christian school? Is it different? It's different, but it's the same. Okay, There's, so let's describe that for people. Well, in, in the public school, a lot of every a lot of what you're doing is policy driven. A lot of what you're doing is bottom line, and you're trying to move kids, which is interesting. It's exciting. You're trying to move teenage kids who don't want to do something, that don't want to be there early in the morning, that don't want to necessarily learn the things that you want them to learn, and you have to try to convince them to do those things. And surprisingly, that a lot of that same thing holds true in the private school. A lot of kids aren't morning people and so you watch them come in in the morning but the the one thing that the piece that's different is there's there's the reason behind what you're trying to accomplish in the public school um we would we would try to encourage or you would hear the encouragement basis as being hey you need a good education so you can go to college and get into a good college you get a good job you get a good job you have more money to buy the stuff you want that's not the same motivation with a Christian school. The Christian school, yeah, you want them to, go to get a good education. Yeah, you want them to go to a good college. Yeah, you want them to get a good job. But it's not to buy stuff. It's to serve God. And so your your motivation behind what you're doing and, and the whole management aspect of it is taking it and saying, are we being good stewards with the talents that we've been given, the resources that we've been given? So instead of kind of like driving, it's it's a it's guiding. Uh, one of the the slogans that I've, I've embraced for this for this particular year is instead of herding, let's shepherd. 
Instead of, of herding, herding, H-E-R-D-I-N-G, instead of herding. Shepherding. Shepherding. Is what I prefer that we do. And that's the So did you take all your managers then through The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman? No. Did you, were you aware of that book? No, I, I've heard of Kevin Lehman. I didn't know. Okay, The Way of the Shepherd, absolutely the most powerful tool out there for teaching people, managers, teachers, because all your teachers or managers are managing 140 people. It is the most powerful. It is the best word pictures. It is The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman. You have got, you got to get one of those for everybody and, and teach. It is super powerful. The best tool, best management tool I've ever, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. Okay. Just fantastic. All right. So that was how you're managing the kids and how you're managing these students to get them from where they are going. Just that different approach. One is just because, you know, it's better for your future economic uh, future as opposed to this is how you're going to serve the Lord. What about how you manage people? You know, your your teachers, your your principals, in, in your case it was assistant principals, now it's principals. How are you able to manage them differently? When maybe there's a conflict, or maybe not even a conflict, but maybe there's a there's an issue, how are you able to do it differently now that you're in a Christian environment? And I was fortunate at, at, at when I was at Seminole is that in when in working at other schools I worked at is I did have Christians around me. And in when you have a conversation with a Christian over a conflict, the conversation and in the in the situation is dealt with in a much calmer situation. And there's there there you can at least you have that foundation to start with that we're we go into it, we can pray. We can start with a prayer, we can start by putting it in God's hands and go forward from there. Whereas in the public school you don't necessarily have that always you don't you're not guaranteed when you're dealing with an administrator or a fellow teacher or another employee that you're going to go into it from the same perspective as to what we want to accomplish from this then in in that environment it may be i'm going to accomplish what i have to accomplish because it's for my benefit whereas at in the christian environment I believe, and from my perspective of being there for two years, is that we're going into this perspective, going into this situation to resolve it for the benefit of the ministry, to benefit for the greater good of where we're going to go. Then the challenge becomes, let's define the greater good. What is it that we're actually talking about? And that creates the opportunity to basically determine what is best at this moment for this group of people in this situation. So it's what we were talking about before the show, that intentionality and how you build that biblical worldview into each one of those grades to build on that knowledge of Christ, whether they're a Christ follower or not. So when they graduate, they've got a totally different perspective on the world than what they had if they'd have gone to a public school. Absolutely. It's a heart knowledge and a head knowledge of truth. And from a God's perspective, from a biblical perspective, and, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, if it's not done from that perspective, you someone can convince you that this is a better way. And so you have to use that, that part of the mind. We have to educate the heart, mind, and soul, and it can't be just enough to get a little piece in there. When you made this move, you know, I, again, a lot of people think, well, if I'm going to go work in a Christian environment, it's going to eliminate all my problems, and I will, uh, uh, my faith won't be stretched, but at least I'll be around people that encourage me to walk with the Lord each and every day. But I know better than that. I know that it doesn't matter where you are, your faith is going to be stretched. How has your faith been stretched these last two years? As you, I, I know part of it, your life was just stretched because you got a whole bunch of different responsibilities that you hadn't had before. And you had a lot more opportunity to influence than you had before because you didn't have this great big organization around you with 100,000 people involved. How has your faith been stretched in this process? 
for me, the this past year, the real the real test of or not the real test, but a real test that I've had to experience in putting my faith is that God is in control. We get really good in our lives and in our abilities and in our experiences thinking that we can come up with the next plan that we have the ability within ourselves to fix every problem maybe it's just a man thing maybe it's just the fact that we're americans and that's our philosophy but then god will allow something to happen that shakes you a little bit and you can begin to realize you're not in control god is and god's going to make something happen that no one can say it's done because of him or him or her. It's done because God planned it that way. And enrollment's peace for that for me. Um, faith, I have to believe that God is going to honor what we're doing and he's going to bring us the students every year. That's it's still hard for me because I'm used to, in a public school, you know how many kids you're going to have come fall it's just they're there they're coming from the middle school to the high school or from the elementary to the middle school they feed it's a feeder pass sure process there is no feeder process our feeder is our fifth graders might enroll in sixth grade and then we might have other families who begin to enroll and so we have to market we have to we have to put out the information we have to get people to buy what we're selling but we need to make sure that we're selling what God wants us to sell. So it's a whole different, it's a paradigm shift. Oh, big time. Well, and first of all, selling in school is a totally different idea. Because <laughs> I know as government workers, they don't have to sell anything. They just, people come to it, them. You expect it to be there. Right. And so you've had to add that marketing piece in there. But really, you just had to make sure that the that the biblical worldview was built into it and that you were selling what you wanted to sell. And I believe that you're selling what God wants you to sell. Because ultimately, if you're not honoring God with what you're doing... I don't think God is going to bless what you're doing. Not that I'm, I'm espousing that we're going to be rewarded for something here, but we still have an accountable piece to do what God wants us to do with those children. And I want to talk about, there's some great stuff going on in Rocks. You've got a lot of good Christian school competition in Pinellas County, Hillsborough County. That's true. I know you say Pinellas County. So... Talk about what sets Indian Rocks apart, because they're not all the same. Not all schools are different. Like Calvary is just a ninth grade through 12th grade school, right? Great school. Uh, Keswick, you have to be, a, 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 you have to profess your faith in Christ before they can come on the a campus. covenant school. Uh, Northside, are they pretty similar to Indian Rocks? Very similar. All right. So what sets Indian Rocks apart? I think it's the family environment. It's the fact that uh, the one, we're tied to the church as a ministry of the church, but the church doesn't rule over us with an iron fist. We get great guidance from the pastor, Pastor Jeff Parrish, and we get very tremendous, a great amount of support from the children's ministry, Colin Sanka, um, J.J. Johnson, and it, it really brings that family structure to us. Um, we have, uh, it, it's when... When you ask families in a survey or ask families if um, when they're leaving, graduating seniors, what are you going to miss? And that's the typical response you get, the family. We have moms in prayer who come out uh, once a week at least and come around and pray over the lockers. Over the lockers. I've heard about that. And, and that's because it's a group of moms who absolutely care about what's going on with the kids in the school and the families. We, this past year, our homecoming game, our, the game got canceled because of just unfortunate circumstances. And we said, okay, so what do we do about the homecoming game? We have to have a game, but we didn't have a game, but we had a queen to uh, crown and a king to crown. And so what we decided to do, we'd have a, a family night. And we had as many people would have shown up for the homecoming game 
as didn't. And it was we still had all the event. The band, the band played. We introduced the players. We introduced the junior high team. We introduced the king and queen. How come you didn't do like a teacher's students football game? Well, health insurance concerns. I'm, I'm thinking a lot of workman's comp there. <laughs> That's for sure. All right, so you you know we talked about Pinellas County and a lot of the great uh, private schools there. What about in Hillsborough County? What are some great private schools, uh, Christian schools in Hillsborough County? I know that uh, the schools I've come in contact with, Cambridge Christian, okay. uh, I've spoken with their headmaster. He seems to be doing a great job over there. I know he came from, I believe, Orlando area. Um, Bob Dare's one of the coaches over there, football coach. I've known Bob for many years. He was a football coach at Northside. Sefner's got a school too, as well. Sefner Christian, um, they I've had contact with them through uh, most of it through athletics, and and their kids are just wonderful. You're a big kids. sports guy, and I know I haven't gone to the sports way tonight because that's not my biggest driving passion. But I, I want on your website. I wanted to draw attention to this. It says the mission of Indian Rocks Christian School is to lead every student to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ while providing the highest quality Christian education in an environment of genuine love and concern for each student and parent. That's for real. I know that the kids every year get an opportunity to hear the truth about Christ and have an opportunity to, to put their faith and trust in him many times during the year at, at all levels of in grades, correct? That's correct. We I know uh, we do spiritual emphasis in the middle school, high school, spiritual emphasis at the beginning of the year. We have chapels every day. We bring in a guest speaker and the focus is on salvation, transforming your life. Then we do a spring spiritual emphasis. We have what's called the mini-mester for the middle school high yeah, school. Talk about that, and that's the last thing you get to comment on, because we got to close out the show. Okay, talk mini- about mini-mester, because it is, it, is, it is the absolute most stunning thing about Indian Ross Christian School. It, it's, it's life-changing. It's where we take kids out, and we take the week before spring break, and we basically close down the high school, and w- the kids go out and they serve. They serve the Lord in some capacity somewhere. They either do it local through a local ministry. They do it through beach cleanup. Um, we've had groups go to uh, Guatemala. We've had groups go to Costa Rica. We've had groups go Russia, to, Taiwan, uh, all over all the place. Over. And they serve and basically are models for what Christian what Christ wants us to do. One of the most fantastic things that impacted our family was my kids, Joshua and Sarah, uh, my two youngest ones, going on a missions trip to a foreign country, coming back, and that's what finally got me to go to a third world country because I saw the impact on their lives. It was powerful and life-changing. That's one of the things I love about Indian Rocks is that they're not afraid to really push these kids, and every kid gets an opportunity to go to a third world country before they graduate from high school. And and the elementary kids are doing... uh, doing the same type thing and serving by building bears for, for children who are in the hospital. So it's, it's not just in the high school and the middle school. It's, it's at all levels, and it's a family environment. Great conversation. we got to end it. Sorry, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. Hey, I'm just challenging you out there. You're listening today. Go on to the I Work For Him website. Click on Contact Us and let me know that you want to be part of the I Work For Him nation, that you're willing to start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Just take that first step. It's all I'm asking for. Take the first step and say, I'm willing to start praying for the people I work with by name each and every day. Go on to I Work For Him and click on Contact Us. And when you're out there, click on the banner on the top of the website and find out about all the really incredible things that are happening with I Work For Him on July the 20th. July the 20th, big day for I Work For Him. Click on that or go onto our Facebook page and read all about it. Thank- you're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.